This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing. And today I'm joined by a colleague of mine, Matteo Bizon from Bobsled. He is a PPC specialist and the co-author of some new research that we're putting out from Bobsled about retail media budget allocation. Welcome back to the show, Matteo. Hi, Kiri. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so we've been working together for about three months now on this research project, which was we dropped some hints last week on the podcast about what that was going to look like and the top six mistakes we see brands make with their retail media allocation. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual model that we're proposing and give a sneak preview into this framework that we've developed over the last few months. So I'll give a little background. So retail media is a very hot topic at the moment. There are more and more options available. It seems like every two weeks a retailer is announcing a new retail media platform. That means that there's lots of opportunity to reach shoppers in their shopping journey across all the places that they're buying a brand from awareness of a need right through to transaction. But there are so many options, it can create a paradox of choice. And your marketing budget, if you're a retail brand, is not necessarily growing at the same pace as all these opportunities. So especially for a mid-sized type of retail brand, you need to be very judicious about which channels you launch on and maintain and grow and understanding which channels are worth it and which ones are a waste of time that's going to be a challenge for the next couple of years at least. So even without that, even without brand new channels that we're seeing, for example, in the grocery category right now, just so many new options coming online, even in categories that have less, let's say, new opportunities on the table, there is still a question of how much does Amazon get? How much does Walmart get? How do we actually allocate retail media across the different channels that we're funding over time? And there's some great research actually from insider intelligence that we reference in our report, which shows that the majority of brands advertise on more than three or four retail media platforms. That can be quite a lot to keep up with to understand how are these actually comparing, performing for us. So that's what we're here to talk about. I have kind of previewed a few of the challenges already, Matteo, but One thing that we wanted to understand from brands first was how are they actually allocating retail media budget right now? Yes. So, like today. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, after both from our experience working with clients and also more recently by talking with several brands, we were able to distinguish between two main methods 
to allocate retail media budgets. So the first method is an allocation by retailer or advertising platform. So for example, Amazon ads receives $100,000, Instacart $50,000, and so on. And this is an approach that considers the gross revenue that a given retailer or platform generates for the brand as a percentage of overall revenue. And based on this, then they allocate a media budget that corresponds with the revenue contribution. Um, So in your example there, if Amazon's getting 100K of budget because Amazon's generating... Yes, the proportion, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Instacart's getting 50 because it's producing half a million exactly. sales that month or something. Yep. Exactly. And the second option is to allocate by key metrics. And the key metric that we most often hear about is a financial one, so ROAS. And this approach is consists really in identifying the target metrics that we need to achieve. Let me stress this once again, most brands go for ROAS because they are more yeah. profitability oriented and then allocate the spend to various channels or ad types based on the overperformance or underperformance of these metrics. So these are the two most common methods that we have seen. Right. So allocating by revenue contribution and then allocating by metrics such as rolling. Yes. Got it. Yep. And what's wrong with those ways of allocating? They seem pretty logical. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, if you really look at this, on the one hand, these approaches are easier to implement because they are somewhat more straightforward to calculate, even though in our report we will point out there are several aspects to look out for to achieve accurate reporting. But on the other hand, this approach might really be the cause of a strong misalignment between the strategic goals of a given company compared to what is actually implemented in their advertising campaigns. So let me just give you an example. If a client comes to us and says, we want to achieve a ROAS of six on Amazon, let's say, Mm -hmm. we can definitely do that. But this represents a limitation because we will be focusing mainly on tactics that prioritize, for example, long tail, high converting targets and brand defense. And potentially in this way, we have less resources to invest into equally important stages of the funnel like awareness and consideration, which at the end of the day are really necessary to achieve growth in the long term. And also, as a consequence, this focus on financial results or the attribution of retail media budget as percentages of gross revenue based on historical results might really be the cause of missed opportunities for the overall company strategy as far as retail media is concerned. Yep. I think, like you said, it's the default option for a lot of brands Mm -hmm. and what we've come up with is recognizing those limitations, come up with a new model for media allocation that resolves these issues. So walk us through that. Yes, perfect. So to begin with, I would like to point out that what we really like to do here at Bobsled, which is now part of Acadia, is to look at data and any challenges that come our way from several different angles to understand if there are any alternative approaches that might be more accurate 
and that could give us more insight into the data itself. So we took this problem and we started looking at the bigger picture. We tried to get away from the perspective of having to analyze each platform separately. And we tried to integrate all the advertising efforts across different platforms to achieve each brand's ultimate strategic goals. So what we did is we started cataloging each ad type and targeting option made available by the different advertising platforms we provide support for. So for example, Amazon pay-per-click, Amazon DSP, Instacart ads, and Walmart ads. And we segmented them by their purpose according to the classic marketing funnel. So in our framework, we show how each ad type and particularly the association of the ad type with a specific targeting option is connected to the different stages of the marketing funnel. So awareness, consideration, purchase, and loyalty. So we found that this new approach helps brands identify precisely the missed opportunities that I mentioned earlier. And also, this might be a very effective solution to assure the alignment between the company's strategic goals and the practical implementation in terms of advertising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to spoil too much here because we will be <laughs> publishing the report soon. So yeah, stay tuned for more. Yes. I think something that you mentioned on last week's episode, Matteo, talking about the six mistakes brands make with their retail media allocation was that each stage, there's really a metric to track with that, impressions, clicks, and sales at each stage of the funnel and how simple that is and logical and something that every marketer understands but we get wrapped up in all of the different widgets and analytics and the new platforms and things like that when at the end of the day we're still taking a shopper where a shopper is going through a journey of awareness, consideration and purchase just the same as they did 50 years ago going to the grocery store. It's just the context that they might be going through that journey on different platforms, online here, in-store there, et cetera. Yes, definitely. So just to add to your point, and I discussed about this also last time, the huge amount of different metrics that are available, the different reports, we really need to... Okay, we do not need to disregard that information because it provides additional insights, but we need to remember to keep it simple. The results that we want to achieve are in most cases connected to these core KPIs, which you mentioned, impressions, clicks, and purchases. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And this approach really sort of resolves that, I think, that overwhelm because you can Mm -hmm. see that with each ad type and targeting type, it belongs at a certain place in the marketing funnel. And so then instead of getting overwhelmed with all of the different options or needing to try everything, if you actually understand what job that ad type or targeting option does and where it sits Mm -hmm. in the funnel, you don't need to be distracted by all of the different options out there. You can really focus in on 
what's going to help you reach the outcomes that your brand is looking for, even, you know, if those objectives differ at a product level or at a brand level or even at a channel level, staying on track with what that objective is by being very selective about which stage of the marketing funnel you're actually maximizing. Precisely. Yeah. We spoke with a bunch of brands, interviewed them. You obviously work with clients at Bobsled on this stuff day in, day out. So what was the most striking thing that you learned from your conversations with those digital e-com leaders that Mm -hmm. we spoke with? Yeah, so it was really interesting to talk with all the people that agreed and helped us come up with this idea and contributed to our report with their opinions. So if I take a step back and look at the overall landscape of the answers that we have received from the people we talked to, I think that the aspect that strikes me the most is a pervasive sense of rigidity. And this is not true for all brands, but in several cases, we noted extremely siloed structures within organizations. We were told about teams lacking to exchange information with other teams, almost competing against each other for budgets, yep. also lack of flexibility to adjust in a significant way the budgets once they have been approved. So I understand that there are some underlying factors for this, one of them being, for example, the, the accounting aspect. But retail media is constantly evolving and it definitely requires much more f- flexibility than that. So mm-hmm. as I already stated last time, I'm convinced that the companies that will be able to solve this challenge of being flexible and having a more agile approach towards the retail media will be the ones that will actually really succeed in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think there's a distinction between rigidity of like having a very specific focus, right? And knowing Mm -hmm. what your objective is and sticking to that and not being distracted by the shiny pennies. That's important. But I think what you're talking about also is rigidity in terms of organizational silos and doing things the way you've always done them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this was the second part of a two-part series that we've done on the podcast talking about retail media allocation. If you missed last week's episode, we talked about six mistakes brands make with retail media allocation and we are launching this research on May 19. You can join me and Matteo for a webinar where we're going to be talking through the main concepts of our research and that funnel framework that we mentioned. There's a lot to it. We would love to talk (laughs) through the stages and how it works. And we also have a real life case to walk through as well. So you can see how a brand can actually allocate out according to this model. So you can sign up and join us live on May 19. And that's also the date that we'll be dropping the report, the research report, which you can download as well. But you do need to go to bobsledmarketing.com to sign up for that. If you go to bobsledmarketing.com and find the research tab, 
you'll see where to sign up for that research and join us live or grab the report. So thanks for joining me again, Matteo. Thank you. Thank you so much. And catch you guys next week. <laughs>